Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to New Beginnings. This is Fit for Life. This is Pastor Wanderson. I'm so excited to be with you all today once again. If you're listening to this podcast, we speak blessings over your life. May God continue to do great things. May his favor be up on you. Can we start by praying this morning? Let's just lift up the name of Jesus. Father, we love you. We honor you. We praise you for who you are. We recognize your lordship. We know that you are God, and we know that we can't do anything if it wasn't for you, Father. So we just want to bless you today, Father. We just want to honor you with our lives. We recognize your lordship. Father, I pray that you will speak to us today as I present myself as a vassal. I humble myself. I ask forgiveness of my sins. And I pray, Father, that on a daily basis, Father, we will have God encounters with you, Father. Encounters that will transform the way we see things, will transform the way we think. Father, I pray that more and more, Father, we will make a difference wherever you take us, Father. Father, as we go through our lives, Father, on a daily basis, that you will give us opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let people know who you are, Father. Use us as instruments, Father, to to share, Father, the love of God that transforms, that brings healing, that brings restoration. We're so thankful, Father, that we have you. We honor you today. We praise you. We pray in your holy name, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. All right. So excited to be with you all today. Yes, I just came back from vacation. But as I was saying earlier, I need a vacation I need another vacation to rest from my vacation. We were busy, me and my son. We did three countries in Europe. It was amazing. And then this past week, um, I I just came back yesterday from Florida, actually. My, my little one, Talita, she, God gave her the opportunity to record with a very special friend of ours who was like number one in Brazil, Christian singer. So we are about to release a song in September. We're super excited for Talita. God is doing great things. We're excited to have our pastor back in the pulpit, Pastor Larry. We all missed him. Pastor Larry, continue to pray for Pastor Tis. You know, we know that God is doing a miracle as we speak. We know that miracles by the moment. That's what she says all the time. And we're believing for miracles and more miracles. This is a house of restoration. This is a house of healing. And I'm excited to be here today. Well, I want to talk about God encounters. You know, we are living in a life, we're living in a season right now that we must have encounters on a daily basis. How many of you remember the day you got saved? The day you raised your hand, the way, the day that you went to the, to the altar and said, Lord, have it all. (laughs) You know, that was a true encounter. The Holy Spirit came on you and you were just radically changed, right? But as we go through life, as we go through different seasons of life, we got to have more than one encounter with God. 
It must be a daily encounter with God. Especially the days that we're going through right now. I'm going to read out of uh, James 4.8. Uh, but I want you to understand this. Everyone here, we all have heard of God. Now hearing of God is one thing. Now living with God, it's completely different. This is exactly what I want to talk about. You know, I've started researching the word encounter uh, on the dictionary and I came across several definitions of the word. But the one that I believe that it's more relevant to the word encounter is this. To meet with face to face. To meet with face to face. Encounter. To meet with face to face. How can we meet God face to face? We don't see God. But how can we meet him face to face? Listen, we don't see him, but we can live with him on a daily basis and feel him close to us. James 4, 8 says this, come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. You know, I was thinking as I was preparing this, I was born in church. I'm a pastor's kid, a PK. My father uh, is an Assemblies of God pastor. And all I've known in my life is church. You know, they used to take me to church. Uh, on Sundays, on Monday, on Tuesday, it was like every day pretty much in church. You know, I grew up, but I was still living a double life. Because I wanted to taste what the world offers. Especially when you're under that environment that it's all, oh, it's, it's, your father is a pastor, uh, your mother is a pastor. You have to set the example. You know that, that kind of pressure that they put, put on you? It's like, man, I got enough of this pressure. I want to see what uh, uh, the other side has for me. So I start living a double life. I would go to church <laughs> on Sundays. I would be there. You know, grew up leading worship, grew up sharing the gospel, grew up doing everything you can think of it, cleaning the church, you know, uh, setting up cables, you know, uh, fixing the, the sound system. I, that's, that's my, that was my life. School and church, school and church, to the point that I was like, man, I want to see what's out there. So I started living a double life, going out there, hanging out with the wrong people. But on Sundays, I was there. Nobody knew that I was living the, the double life out there, partying, you know, going to, going to school, saying things that, that I wasn't um, saying things, uh, even uh, profanity, things that it doesn't go well with a Christian, you know. But I wanted to see what the other side has to offer. I was doing that. I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. I remember one day um, we were coming back from the beach. I was living in Florida, and I'm just opening up for, to you right now. But I was coming back, and uh, we were we were four inside the car, and one of my friends said, "You know, let's go to uh, this uh, apartment complex and let's just swim at their pool and just have fun there." I was only 16. We went there, and one of the kids, while we were in the, in the pool, one of the kids decided to go into a garage and mess with a golf cart. And the lady saw him and, and called the cops on him. He ran, he passed by us and said, come on, let's get out of here. They were calling the cops on us. I had nothing to do, but I, 16, don't think through. You know, I jumped in the car. We left within like 10 minutes. One police comes behind our car, stops us. And they told us, just stay in the car. 
Before we knew it, it was at least 10 police cars that showed up. I felt like I was inside a Hollywood movie. They all came out of their car. They all opened their door. They hanged behind their doors with the guns pointing at us. And they started announcing, please driver, come out of the... Uh, come out of your car right now with your hands on your, your head, walking backwards. It was just so scared, you know. I was living the, the, the wrong life. I was going to church. And how many people are doing the same thing? They're doing a double life. And who are they think they're, they're deceiving? <laughs> they're deceiving themselves. Because <laughs> you can't mock God, you know. But then suddenly, one day, I remember my parents telling me, I was 17 or 18. I don't remember exactly how old I was. But I remember my father saying, Wonders, you got to stop doing the things you're doing. And then I went and stayed at a friend's house because I was working. We, we were living in, in Pompano Beach, which is South Florida. And I was working down in Miami, which is about 45 minutes. So uh, over the weekend, I would come home. But during the week, I would stay at a friend's house. And it was a Friday night. And I remember my dad saying, don't go out tonight. You know, just... Uh, stay in the house. I was by myself. My friend actually was traveling. And I told my dad, hey, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I took a shower. <laughs> there was a major event that was happening in Fort Lauderdale, a concert. I didn't tell my dad or my mom. And I just went. Started drinking a little bit. Living that double life. On my way back home, it was about 4 o'clock in the morning. I, re- I went through the red light and a car hit me. And it totaled my car. And I remember God protected me. Nothing happened to me. But it was me at 4 o'clock in the morning calling my dad to come pick me up at the police station. It was embarrassing. And it was at that time that I realized I needed a true encounter with God. I needed to change my life for good. I needed to be close to God. That's when I realized that God wanted to have an encounter with me. As I was running away from him, from that point on, I started living for God and not just hearing about God. You know, it's so important that we, we must understand that is not one day encounter. It's a daily encounter with the Lord. You know, my desire today is that we will all have God encounters on a daily basis. We get so busy with so many things that are happening right now that we forget that we're living for him. The reason why we're here is to proclaim his name. The reason that he gives us an extra day on earth is for us to represent him well. And we forget that sometimes because we get caught up on the daily things that we do. We're working, we're serving people, we're loving people, we're doing so much and we forget to take time to have God encounters. We cannot be these, uh, these people that only seek God when it's needed. Unfortunately, there's a lot of these out there, a lot of those out there that, that only seek God when they're desperate for something. They're in need, and then I'll go to God's face now, and I'll, I'll tell them what I need. <laughs> That's not how it works, you know. We must be meeting God on a daily basis, face to face. Remember the definition, intimacy. When I say face-to-face, is spending time with him. You know, my desire for us is that we will live a life of purpose with meaning. You know, pushing forward the kingdom of God. 
It's so important. It doesn't matter what happens around you. It doesn't matter what situations you're facing. Once you know God, you know, things can go the way it goes sometimes, but God will always be there for you when you are spending time face to face with him. You know, um, I always, I love to use this statistics, uh, that George Barnes, uh, uh, Talks about it, you know that America says that they are they are Christian. This is a Christian uh, country. Eighty percent of Americans they say they serve God, but reality it's only four percent that are really serving God, spending time, having daily encounter. Listen, I don't want to be a part of the other seventy six percent. I want to be a part of the four percent that is really living for God. You know, I started studying the Scripture here when I was preparing this, trying to find some examples of people who have had. God encounters. Moses was one. The Hebrews has become slaves to the Egyptians for approximately 500 years. They are crying out to God. You know, God sends a deliverer. Pharaoh hears about God wanting to send someone to deliver the people of God. So he demands that all kids under the age of two gets killed. You know, midwife saves the baby, <laughs> puts him on the river that gets to Pharaoh's daughter, he grows up a Pharaoh's step-grandson. One day, he kills an Egyptian who was beating up the Jewish guy. So he flees to the desert, afraid for his life because of Pharaoh. Now he's taking care of the sheep, and suddenly he sees a burning bush. There, he has a God encounter. Sometimes we wait, what we're waiting for to have a God encounter is we're waiting for something to rise up. A situation where we can't handle it. That's not how it should be. God is calling upon his people. We're just devastated to see everything that's happening. We heard what happened in, in Hawaii just a few days ago. Maui. I mean, the earth is crying out for help. Everything is upside down. As we read Exodus 3, 4, and 6, it says this. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush. Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hit his face because he was afraid to look at God. That was a true encounter with God. You know, God tells him, you're going to deliver my people. Right there. God tells him and he's like, Lord, I, 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 I can't speak. Am I going to do this? <laughs> I stutter. <laughs> I don't know if I have what it takes. Listen, you might looking at yourself today and say, I don't know if I have what it takes. God is telling you to do something. God is telling you to seed a sow, uh, sow a seed right now. God is telling you to start a business. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what you're facing. You know, maybe you don't have the finances to do what God is telling you to do. Listen, if God is telling you to do, don't look at your personal situation. Look at the God that is above all things, a great God that is able to do more than what we can think or imagine. Oh, but we put our situation before God and we forget how big our God is. God, how do I do this? 
God looks at Moses and says, I am the great I am and I'm sending you. From that point on, Moses' life gets changed. He has an encounter with God. He's able to deliver the people from Egypt. Maybe God is waiting for us to have a, a true encounter with him. So that we can use our lives to bring freedom to a situation where someone needs freedom. We're out there, we're shopping, we're out there, we're doing our things. There might be people that are walking by you that needs to hear that there is a solution, freedom for their lives. And the only way we can do that is by having God encounters. We have to be connected with God in such a, 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 a intense, I'll say that, a way that he downloads things to us wherever we go. You're not different than Moses. <laughs> You're not different than Pastor Wanderson, Pastor Larry, Mitch. We're all the same. It's how much we put in. How much you put in is how much you will receive. God encounters. Then we look at Mary. As we go through the scriptures, we find Mary. Scholars believe that she was only 14, between the age of 14 and 15. You know, she gets engaged. She's ready to get married. God sends an angel to speak to her. And then we read here in the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 30 through 33, it says this. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are called to him. You will, you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. I, now think about it. Younger, 14, 15. That's what scholars believe. <laughs> she has an encounter with God. And Andrew comes and says, listen, you're going to give birth to a son. I mean, what others are going to think? I'm engaged. I'm not married. Suddenly, I'm pregnant. <laughs> you know, how is this going to happen? I've never been with a man. <laughs> Imagine raising God. <laughs> Think about this. Imagine raising God, spanking him, bathing him while he's split in the water. Pretty much that's what she was doing. I'm raising, I'm like, I'm giving birth to God's son. I'm spanking God's son. I'm educating God's son. That's, imagine her mind, what was going through. I mean, I cannot even imagine. I mean, you know how when you know there's something that's about to happen that you, you, you wrap your mind around that thing, that situation, it's hard for you to get. It's even hard for you to get to sleep because you, you can't leave it alone. You're just always thinking. I, I'm thinking Mary was probably, man, I just heard this angel telling me this. I'm going to be giving birth to the son of God. <laughs> Imagine over the years when Jesus is about to start his ministry, people are saying this is not the Messiah. He's just a carpenter. <laughs> People, you know, many were, many were probably looking at her and saying, man, that lady needs an encounter with God. But Mary, she heard, she had a true encounter with God. 
And what surprises me is that Joseph also had an encounter with God. Because if I would hear my wife, I'm engaged, and then I see she shows up pregnant, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but Joseph, he had to have a true encounter with God for him to say, you know what? I'm just going to trust God because I know he knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, Mary had an encounter. Listen, we're not just here. We are people who must have encounter with God. We're not just to live our lives. Then we look at Paul, a great leader on, of the New Testament church. His original name was Saul. Later on, he takes his Roman name, Paul, so that the Romans connect with him. He's going by the name Saul. Jesus had died and resurrected. Now the church has emerged, this group of people called the way at the time. They were not called Christians. They were called the way at the time. That group is directly being threatened by Judaism at that time. Saw a chief young dude coming up in, in Judaism, hoping for a higher position as a chief rabbi, trying to be in, in, in council. He, he's trying to get, you know, somewhere in life. So Saul sees this group, the way, the Christians, as threatening him on an assignment to destroy him. Him threatening them on an assignment to destroy them. So he starts persecuting them. Suddenly, what happens? Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 9. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed, flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And I, Jesus, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what to do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. There was somebody there with Saul. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but he went when he, when he went to open his eyes, he could not see anything. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In this situation, Paul has a true God encounter. Saul becomes a different man. He changed his name. Why? God encounter. Let me tell you what. One encounter with God makes him become a hero of faith. One encounter. We must understand that we need to have encounters with God every day. Some of us are comfortable, so comfortable that we don't do what we're supposed to do, which is take the next step. You know, to say, Lord, I had an encounter when I gave my life to Jesus 40 years ago, 30 years ago, or 10 years ago, whatever it is. But listen, as you go through life, sometimes situations comes, and then you forget that you are to spend time with God, that you are to have true encounters on a daily basis. But today, I want you to, I want you to understand, this is a season that we cannot, we cannot go with God encounters. Things are so hard. I look at the people in this world. They're lost. They're completely lost. And we have what it takes to make it through. Let me tell you three things. Let me give you three things that shows you 
you have had an encounter with God. First thing, when you know that you have had an encounter with God, listen to this, shifts your value system. It shifts your value system. Let me explain it to you. Remember my testimony earlier that I was lost living a double life. You know, all I cared was to be a a cool guy. I was in church just trying to deceive my parents because my parents wanted to see me a man of God, but I wanted to be the cool guy out there doing all these wrong things, you know, dating a bunch of girls, calling myself a Christian, you know, but doing all these wrong things. But the minute God protected me on that car accident, I realized I cannot be what I'm being right now. I have to be a different person. I have to have an encounter with God. I have to serve him. In reality, I have to spend my my days for the rest of my life just praising him for who he is for what he did for me in that car accident where that car was totaled when you have a true encounter with god you re reevaluate what's important for you and what's important for god because a lot of times we want what's important for us but what we really need to do is know what's important for god the only way for you to know what's important for god is when you know that you are having god encounters Am I really supposed to be dating these non-Christian girls? Am I really supposed to be uh, spending time watching some of these movies? You know, am I really supposed to be doing what I'm doing? No, I want to do what God wants me to do. So it shifts your value system. Number two, it shifts your appetite. The Bible says that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of pleasure other than lovers of God. Alcohol, drugs, pornography, addiction. You know, you when you have a true encounter with God, it shifts your appetite. You ended up having different tastes for the things you like. Oh, I used to like this, but I don't like it anymore because now I'm having a true encounter with God. Encounters with God. I used to watch this show, but I don't watch this show no more because now I have true encounters with God. And I knew God would get upset if I continue to do this. Why am I so passionate about God? Because when you start having true God encounters, the more you spend time with God, the more you fall in love with him. You know, I look at Talita, my daughter. The doors that God is opening for her. It can only be God. I don't deserve anything. At three, she was dead in front of me. Y'all know her testimony. And now I look back today and I see God opening the door for her to sing with, with this amazing Christian artist in Brazil. Who is an amazing uh, lady of God, you know, uh, a Christian woman, a woman of faith, you know, uh, we, we were spending time with them this weekend and we were like, I, they wanted to go, uh, um, she was supposed to be, um, performing at this church and, and I, I ended up going with them. We drove like two hours from Orlando to this other city and the whole time I'm driving, I'm talking to her husband and, and, and behind me, all I could hear is her whispering, praying in the spirit. You know, why is it that she is number one? She has 7.5 million followers on Instagram alone. She has hundreds of thousands of followers on YouTube. But you know what? She always points them to God. She's on a daily journey spending time with God. I've, I, I can attest to that because 
the few times that we were with the family, all they, all I hear is the kids talking about her son is going to DBU right now. And her son decided to start a, a Bible study. He, he's, he plays soccer. He decided, he said, man, these guys are at Dallas Baptist University, but they're not Christians. <laughs> it's a mess. He said, I got to win these guys to Jesus. He's doing a meeting on a day, on a, a weekly basis. Every week, he's gathering more than 20, 30 kids, and he's preaching the gospel. Why? Because this family, this lady, they're spending time with God. You know, number three. When you spend God, when you spend time with God, when you have God encounters, it removes the limitations. It removes the limitations. Many, many people keep falling in the same sin cycle. But when you have God encounters, you're able to say, sin, not here. It removes limitations. What used to be limited, there's no limitation when you have God in your life. You're able to do the impossible. You're able to do more than what you can think or imagine. An encounter with God gives you strength to say no to sin. An encounter to God gives you, God never intended for you to be powerless. Listen, I'm going to say this. God never intended for you to be powerless. We, when we are in God's presence, when we get baptized with the Holy Spirit, listen, there is nothing that is impossible. We see Pastor Tis, she's fighting this right now, but there's nothing that it's impossible for our God. Miracles by the moment. We will see her completely healed because we know the God that we serve, but the only way for us to get there is by having God encounters. Jesus in Acts 1 tells his disciples, go and wait for the gift my father has promised you. What God did throughout history, predominantly through the Jews, God follows. He gave the law of right and wrong, righteousness and sinfulness. He says, I want you to live a life of righteousness. Listen, an encounter with God gives you strength to say no to sin. You're not afraid of Satan's weapons, for you know who's fighting your battle. You're not expecting uh, Pastor Wanderson to pray for you, to lay hands over you, because the same power that's in me, it's in you. <laughs> the same spirit that's in me, it's in you. Sometimes we wait. Of course, sometimes we need, we need, we need, uh, I'm a true believer that we need uh, people in, in our lives. You know, we need mentors in our lives. But listen, if they're not there, if you're in prison one day for, for preaching the word, which is happening nowadays, you know, you, you, you go to Canada, people are getting locked in for preaching the Bible. You know, if you're in, in, in prison one day and you don't have Pastor Wonders to go there preach for you. Listen, you have the spirit of God in you. You have the Holy Spirit that is there for you. You have the word of God. Keep the word of God in your heart because there will be days that we will not have the word of God in paper or digitally. You know, keep the word of God in your heart because Listen, that's the only way that we can make it through. You have the Holy Spirit. We got to understand this. A lot of times people see pastors like we are the power source. People get addicted to ministers. 
Many times because of not having true encounters with God. Oh, I gotta, I gotta hear this word of uh, prophetic word over my life. I gotta hear, I got, I gotta go seek. In Brazil, there's this thing that uh, they call the prophets and, and they prophesy over the phone. It's like, you're going through something, man, you're going through something. Get to the word of God. God will speak to you. You don't need a prophet. Nothing wrong with that. God will use his, his ways of speaking to you. But don't seek a prophet in order to receive God. God's word. God is looking at you and saying, have an encounter with me. Spend time with me. I will speak with you. I'm not the power source. I'm just, I I look at myself. I'm just the quarterback. (laughs) You run. You are the best wide receiver in the world. (laughs) Best running back. The best blocking back. The best defender. Our role as pastors are to give you the ball and let you run with it. But it's you that must have God encounters on a daily basis. That's why we don't need a priest between us and God. We can go to the Father. A true encounter with the Lord removes limitation. But you must have a true encounter with God. And not just one encounter. It's a daily encounter. You are able to take that authority that it's in you through Jesus and move forward. Let me say this. People who had great encounters with the Lord first recognized that they needed to shift a few things around. People who had great encounters with the Lord first recognized that they needed it to shift a few things around. They were tired of the same cycle. We have to get tired of the same cycle. Enough is enough. Listen, I say this all the time. I don't want to have my life going on autopilot. I don't want to just cruise through life. That's not what I want. I want to make a difference. There's ups and downs, but God is always there because I'm always facing, uh, uh, putting my face before him and, 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 and seeking encounters with him. Whatever it takes to have an encounter with him, do it. Do it. I look at everything that's happening. This thing with kids being sponsored, sometimes even by the government, to change their gender. I watched that movie, uh, Sounds of Freedom. We had to change our daughter from school the other day. We, we, we put her in a different school because she was complaining. She said, like, Daddy, I, it's hard. One day my, my friends tells me I'm a boy. The next day they tell me they're a girl. <laughs> identity. People are, are, are confused on their identity. You know, people are confused and they don't, they don't understand. When you die... And they examine your skeleton later. They only find male and female. <laughs> but people are so confused. I'm a dog. People are now. I saw the other day a video of this girl with a with a, a dog collar and holding another girl, and she was she was walking like a dog on a mall. I mean, dude, people are completely confused about their identity. We must have godly encounters 
in encounters with God. That's what I meant on a daily basis for us to be able to teach these people that there is hope for them because they're confused. So today I want to close with this. I want to give you the opportunity just to think about this. Go home. You know, we all go through struggles of life. We all have situations that we have to fight on a daily basis. But just think about this. In my living life, remember that first love when you gave Jesus your life? You, 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 you were so in, on fire for him. That's how it should be every day. God encounters face-to-face intimacy. Let me pray for you today. Let me pray for us that God will give us revelation of his word. People are lacking because they don't spend time in the word. We don't see people fasting no more. We don't see people praying no more. We have to go back to our first love. God encounters. Lord, we love you. I'm the first one to say, please forgive me, Lord. I'm the first one to say that I need to do better, Father. Help me to be more like you. Help me to remind myself that without you, we are nothing. Help us to spend time with you. Sometimes we get so busy, but even when we're driving our car or washing dishes or whatever it is that we're doing, help us to be connected with you, Father. Help us to spend time in your word. That's how we have God encounters. Lord, give us the strength to fast. Give us the strength to pray. Sometimes we don't even know what to say. It's okay. But help us to be in your presence and just listen. We get so busy that we don't listen. Help us to be more like you, Father. Father, we honor you today. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for the miracles that we see. Once again, we lift up our pastor, Pastor Tiss, Pastor Larry, the Hawk family, our leaders, our congregation, every member of this body of Christ. Help us every day to fight through the things that rise up on a daily basis. Father, we honor you. We praise you. We pray in your holy name, Jesus. Amen and amen and amen.